Two Texas A&M commits are on the SI 99 top 99 prospects. And John Garcia from Sports Illustrated is here to tell us all about it on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. It is Recruiting Thursday. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Terms and conditions may apply. John, it has been a big week for you guys over the course of the last week to 10 days as you guys put out your uh, preseason SI99, which is the top 99 recruits in the class. Um, so congratulations on that. I know how much work goes into something like that. Um, and, and two A&M current commits showed up on that list in Anthony Hill at number 48 and Javon Thomas at number 63. We've talked, you and I, quite a bit about Anthony Hill. Um, so tell me a little bit about Javon Thomas. Um, what does he bring to the A&M secondary? What does he add on top of what they brought in 2022 and what they continue to try to bring for 23? Yeah, I think he brings real juice on the outside, Joey. This is one of the twitchier, faster corners that we evaluated on tape. Uh, I do think we do things a little bit differently, so it's kind of this combination of high floor and high ceiling. But I think what, what makes Javon special is that in either metric, you're really high on the kid. You know, His floor right now is speed, athleticism, twitch, and, and really nice – man technique the footwork here is is really really solid in this regard obviously you need that in trying to combat these receivers that AM is going to face in their own division right Bama's always loaded LSU's always loaded um you know Arkansas has come a long way I mean just Ole Miss obviously is going to throw the ball Mississippi State as well you're going to have to have elite cornerback play right out of the gate so you need a guy who can play man coverage with great twitch and athleticism on that on that end but then when you look at Javon's ceiling, there's a lot of room to grow here. Ball tracking, field vision, the zone awareness, the, the unending of the entire route tree, picking off of routes in, in, into his respective zones. All the technical, polished elements of cornerback play are still ahead of Javon's game. So he's a guy who really, especially after the transfer to South Oak Cliff, really has a chance to move up this list because we're going to see better competition more sophisticated defensive looks that he's going to be a part of so now if he polishes up in kind of short order here i think he's got an opportunity to actually move up the list so he's one of these rare guys joey where you get a high floor and a very high ceiling kind of simultaneously and if it all comes together you're looking at about five type corner in this class which is obviously a big deal at a premium position that is really a big need not only for AM but for everybody in this day and age of college football. Absolutely, absolutely. And you talked a little bit about his opportunity to move, and I know a lot of the game for a lot of these recruiting services is you know constantly updating and tweaking their rankings and things like that. You guys have a little bit of a different process at SI. Tell me a little bit about when the next, you know, this is the preseason list. When's the next time we might see this list updated and what that might look like in that process? 
Yeah, real simple for us. We got a preseason list and a postseason list. That's that's why we only have two updates in place. We don't want to have knee-jerk reactions to non-football activities. For us, it is about Friday night lights. Now, we use the other stuff to supplement. Camps, combines, track, basketball, all that stuff is a supplement, but it's a, a supplement for the full body of work. Not something that if you go run a 10-4 in the 100, we're not going to bump you up 50 spots because now we're like, oh, you're very fast. Like, no, it needs to validate something that we see on tape. So that might be a small footnote in the evaluation, but not something that's going to trigger change in and of itself. And then conversely, if there's a bad showing in the offseason or there's something like, oh, man, this kid's pretty heavy right now, but it's it's May – we're not going to weigh that as much as we would if it was September and those situations were, were, were negative more than positive. So it really kind of helps us to be balanced, neutral, and objective, which is supposed to be the goal of, of scouting in the first place. So we'll do a preseason list right before their senior seasons, and then we'll reevaluate that same list in the postseason ahead of a January update to allow the most important season of a high school career, your senior season, to truly dictate where we see you going into college. Do guys who were big-time recruits as underclassmen get a big head and start to coast a little bit? you know, Or, or do you stay hungry with it? Those are things we want to measure at the very highest level because those are, are, are predicators or predictors, I should say, for how you're going to approach the collegiate game, which is ultimately what we're projecting. No disrespect to the NFL draft or how other folks operate. We are projecting for college. We want to tell you the best 99 players who – as early as next year are going to start to make a true impact in college football for your college team. You know, that that's where the passion is. That's where our passion is. And that's where we project towards with no disrespect to the NFL or the NFL draft process. Awesome. That's a, it's quite a novel concept to evaluate football players based on how they play football, right? <laughs> so, exactly. Look, yeah. we're not, we're not scientists, man. I can't tell you five years from now, this defensive lineman is going to gain 60 pounds and a ton of technique and be a one-man wrecking crew. I, if I had that in me, you know, maybe I didn't, I'd be in another field, but certainly not this one. There you go. There you go. So uh, in addition to the, to the two A&M commits that are currently in the SI-99, there's a couple of uh, specific targets uh, for A&M that are, that are uncommitted. There's some, some guys who are committed who a and still working on too. We'll get to those guys in a little bit. But uh, Hakeem Williams um, – is number 71 on your list, and he's got a commitment date set in mid to late September, I believe. And then JV Antoviano is at number 75. So he, the, these two guys are pretty closely ranked together. Uh, talk to me about those guys, where A&M sort of stands in that. I know that the JVN recruitment is a, is a dogfight right now with several, with several schools involved. So talk to me about those two guys and, and where they stand and, and where A&M stands with them. Yeah, good, good point. It is a dogfight for Joanne and for Hakeem as well. That, that one – in particular, has had more ebb and flow than just about every receiver in this entire class. At one point, Pitt was the favorite. AM has challenged that. Georgia has challenged that. Now, the in-state school, they're making a move, move both Miami, the local school, Florida State, a little bit north uh, from Fort Lauderdale, where, where Ikeem is from. Uh, so this thing has really had a lot of movement within it. And I think that's what makes it fascinating uh, for one of these ultra impressive big physical wide receiver prospects that everybody can utilize right everybody can recognize hey this is the kind of receiver we need on our roster you know georgia was involved heavily at one point this thing has really had a lot of twists and turns but we are starting to hear 
a few schools mentioned more than others, just locally. I live in South Florida. This is, is kind of my neck of the woods. We're starting to hear more AM. We're starting to hear more Miami. Those are the two schools, I think, most recently that have captured some buzz. Yet he's talking about taking game visits, right? He's talking about maybe getting to College Station, getting back up to Pittsburgh for like his fourth visit of the year. <laughs> so, again, this thing has already twisted and turned multiple times. So we should probably expect it to do so again, considering there's still five weeks until a decision is to be made from Hakeem's perspective. What do these boards look like at that point? I think Georgia could add a couple of receivers in that span. Miami could add a receiver or two in that span. Florida State just added one. What does the board look like at these programs relative to Williams is, is set to pop there on September 23rd? And then with with David, it's it's like the Saint uh, Toviano, just all over the place. A and M, LSU, Bama, uh, Texas. At one point, all ways in terms of the schools that have fielded what felt like legitimate buzz for him, Alabama as as well. Uh, but it, I do think this one comes back to kind of the the Harold Perkins recruitment. It's going to be. It feels like A and M or LSU at the end of the day. Uh, LSU has been loading up in the secondary so that's something that is very interesting to me in trying to evaluate maybe where he may be leaning uh to a certain degree uh but but we've seen this this battle before uh like you said it's a true dog fight in this recruitment at this point don't know what visits he might have ahead but obviously that will start to tell a big part of the story and, and look he's a texan right he's an arlington kid he's, he's going to be able to get to college station relatively easily so you wonder how that can start to play out uh, towards the back half or the final stages, I should say, of his recruitment. Uh, and he's a great player, too, a guy we really like um, as a versatile defensive back. So he gets the nickel tag for us, top five nickel in the country, a guy we're really expecting to impact a secondary right out of the gates, whether it's at corner or inside as, as a nickel type. He's aggressive. He's long. He's got some good technique on him there as well. Uh, so really big fan of, of his game, and, and he's a projected starter for us wherever he ends up. So another big dogfight, uh, clearly an SI99 top-level recruit as well. So curious to see, again, what his next steps look like because I do think that will start to tell the story because he took a, a ton of visits during the offseason. Absolutely. Um, real quick, before we get into some guys that uh, that AM's working on on flipping from other schools, um, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes, you know, a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, when people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay, it's no big deal. I mean, what are the odds we get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You totally your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and they're often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for someone or looking for impaired drivers on the roads trying to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. Call an Uber, call a Lyft. There's so many resources out there for this now. It only takes one mistake to change your life to change someone else's life forever drives over or get pulled over john we got some big news on wednesday night as the recruiting world got shaken up a little bit as uh as keon keely very high level pass rusher uh recruit who has been committed to notre dame for a while decommitted from notre dame um and 
A&M draws some interest from that, and that A&M's been working pretty hard on, on Peyton Bowen, who is a, a Texan who is committed to to, uh, to Notre Dame and currently uh, is number 34 in your in the SI 99, so very, very high-level recruit. And they feel really good about where they are with him right now. How, if at all, does Keeley's decision potentially impact the decision that, that Bowen might make in terms of staying home in Texas and going to A&M or going to South Bend? Yeah, it's a great question to ask because a lot of this buzz from Keeley had to do with his ability to take visits. We, we see it with Clemson verbal commitments, and now I guess Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame is going to have a little bit of that no-visit policy with his guys at, at NND, and I think that, that makes it very interesting. It's a bold choice to make as a college coach because in this day and age of recruiting, uh, a lot of committed kids take visits. It's just the nature of the game, especially when you accept a very early verbal commitment like like you talked about with Keon committing to, to Notre Dame back in 2021. Uh, so, yeah, he took the visit to Alabama at the end of July. He wants to visit Ohio State, Florida, a couple other schools. So, naturally, the conversation went, hey, you know, if I'm going to take visits, I need to decommit at this school. So, I do think that's something that is, is something that, that everyone's going to keep an eye on and potentially start to work off of. So, in, in Peyton's perspective – yeah, he's he's wanted to take visits. He's taken a few, to my understanding. So to continue to do so, you might have to decommit uh, to operate in that way. Uh, and I think I do think that's something that is a, a strong possibility. Texas A&M, Oklahoma, the two schools, I think clearly that have been recruiting him the hardest. You know, even the last time I talked to him way back in the early summer, that's who he was talking about. Hey, you know, these two schools – they don't slow down for me. Uh, so I do think that stuff will resonate. Of course, his younger brother is, is another great player in the 24 class. And there's going to be some ramifications there in terms of how schools recruit each of them. So I do think it'll be fascinating to track going forward. Does he show up in College Station for some games? What about in Norman for some games there? Um, you know, He likes Notre Dame, certainly feels like he's a fit. And I, and I do think he's a fit with what Notre Dame wants to do. Um, but he's also got a, a decision to make, an important decision that needs to be vetted. Even though you felt good when you committed, there's other items to, to check in on with some of these other programs, especially those who have not stopped recruiting you. So there's almost a respect of, of reciprocation expected with some of these programs that have stayed uh, on you from a resource perspective and a communication perspective. Uh, and I know Bowen is one that you know has been rumored to be considering that same type of approach. It's it's not to remove Notre Dame, but it is to consider other schools and weigh that initial decision you made, which, you know, every kid in theory has, has a very clear right towards. Although, again, some of these programs are, are making that a little bit harder and a little bit of an old school mentality when it comes to making that, that verbal commitment. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Um, if I'd had to guess, I would say, I don't know if he decommits, but I do think he takes the visit. So you wonder if Notre Dame initiates something like that. But these are, I mean, I have to check the rankings. I think these are the top two commits Notre Dame has. So at least from, from where we sit. So if you're going to lose those verbal commitments because of a policy, it's something that is um, interesting to evaluate and reevaluate uh, going forward. So we'll be fascinating to see, but I do think, before all is said and done, I do think Bowen gets to Aggie land at least one more time before he he makes that final decision come come signing day. Yeah, well, and that's one of the things that you know, as AM fans and as you know, folks who follow AM, we sort of have this general belief 
belief, and maybe it's you know a little bit of uh, of big headedness about stuff. But we sort of believe that if we can get a guy to Kyle Field, you know, especially like if we can get him there for a prime time night game against Miami or something like that, and they can stand there and watch 107,000 people sway back and forth, and you know all that kind of stuff that 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 we feel like we have the we have a, a really big advantage in terms of game day atmosphere. That if we can get a guy to College Station, the odds for a game that the odds that they wind up wanting to play in that atmosphere increase pretty dramatically. Uh, so, so definitely hope that, that Peyton gets the opportunity to get down to, uh, to college station for a game. And it is, it is interesting to see some of these coaches have these policies that, uh, that are going to make these high level recruits, especially if they commit so early, like you said, have to sit there and say, okay, I'm watching all my friends take all these visits and have all, all these experiences. And you're telling me I can't do that. Like, why would I stay committed to you? And, and so it, it's sort of, it's understandable for sure. Just real quick, I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local experts, and Odyssey College Football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the ultimate college football preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. John, I would be remiss if I brought you on the show and didn't ask you about Malachi Nelson. Uh, especially, you know, there are some some crazy NIL rumors flying around, you know, from some very interesting places. You know, Achilles Smith is out there tweeting about $15 million NIL offers from Malachi to A&M. And, you know, some of the, a lot of this stuff gets, gets way out of hand. Um, what do you know about, about where Malachi stands right now? And does A&M really stand a chance there? Uh, to to flip what is the number eight eight prospect in the SI 99 and one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the class. Of course you got a chance, right? I mean, he took the visit. That That's the first step. And that's a heck of a big step, right? We had started to hear about a month ago, we had started to hear, hey, uh, there's been a lot of changes with what Malachi committed to at USC and, and what exists now at USC. And because of that, there's the possibility that he could take some visits. Multiple SEC sources I have felt like he could visit some SEC schools before all was said and done. Then of course he takes the visit to college station and, and it becomes this huge uh, situation. And now as time has moved forward, we're learning more about that visit where he has contested, Hey, this is a real interest. This is not um, fluff. It wasn't, Hey, I want to go to that part of the country. I mean, the kid was committed to Oklahoma previously, so he obviously has been has vetted that part of the country. So this wasn't a fluff visit. Uh, it was on his own dime. So I do think all those things line up for legitimate interest in AM, which, by the way, still very much needs a quarterback in this class of, of 2023. And then you start to you know piece all those things together, and you wonder, A, are more visits going to take place? And then, B, what becomes the priority for a kid like Malachi Nelson? And just this morning, I see he signs with Clutch Sports, which is the LeBron James uh, agency that represents school, uh, high school, or excuse me, college and professional athletes. Now, high school players in California are one of those 15 states that are allowed to profit off of NIL deals. So you just start to put all these things together. And at a minimum, Malachi's got a big picture mind, right? He wants to play this thing out for the long term. And I do think the allure of the SEC, NIL aside, I do think the allure of the SEC is something that is, is intriguing to him. I happened to be in LA 
when the USC and UCLA to the Big Ten news dropped. And I was talking to Malika and I was like, hey, man, you're an L.A. kid. Are you ready to play Minnesota in the snow? And, you know, he had a good answer. He's a quarterback, right? They know what to say. He said, look, if I want to play in the NFL, I got to play in all types of weather anyway. So why, why not get going with it, you know, at, at the collegiate level? So kind of a kind of a jovial approach to that type of question. But you could tell in talking to him that it was a lot. It was a lot to consider. So like I said, the the USC he committed to is very different than the USC now, whether you talk about the conference, even the quarterback room. You know, remember, he people forget he committed to USC before, well before Caleb Williams elected to transfer to USC. And there was real thought at that time where, when Malachi committed that Caleb wasn't going to follow Lincoln Ryland to USC. And he was going to end up going to another program, which would, in theory, open the door for Nelson to compete right out of the gates in Los Angeles, in, in his hometown. Um, that didn't happen, and I don't think it's that's the reason why he's looking around. But all these things start to add up, and you at least want to vet the process. And that's another thing. Malachi committed very early to Lincoln Riley and then followed that commitment when he went over to USC. Not a whole lot of visit experience, not a whole lot of travel in this kid's uh, opportunity as, as a high school uh, recruit, as a top quarterback recruit on top of that. And so, so the schools that really need a quarterback, mainly A&M, are, are going to stay after this kid, and, and rightfully so. So I do believe the, the interest is real, and I do believe there's a possibility that that he makes a move at some point. Um, but I do wonder if there are other visits that are potentially on deck. He's got officials that he's allotted to that he can take, and, and it could become – one of the more interesting late recruitments of, of this cycle, kind of like Devin Brown last year, where you're committed to, ironically, USC for quite some time, but things change and you open up the process and become kind of the quarterback recruit everybody clamors for leading up to National Signing Day. So so that'll be another fascinating one to watch. And, and the Aggies, again, have a big need at that position. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you read my mind on my next question. My next question was, we know A&M needs a quarterback in 2023 and that they still would like to add a high school quarterback for 2023 so if it's not malachi do we have any inclination on on where they might lean where they might try to head in that scenario yeah i think there's some other quarterbacks that are committed like malachi that are at least somewhat open right uh kenny minchie's committed to Pitt. Notre Dame's offered him, and there is talk of a visit. Uh, Emory Williams has been committed to Miami since June, and a lot of SEC schools are trying to jump in. I think Auburn just offered him. Mississippi State was in the mix before they got Chris Parson. A couple other schools are, are getting involved uh, in that race as well. So I do think there are some quarterbacks that may appear to be flippable. So you wonder if, if the Aggies jump in in that regard. Obviously, in the state of Texas, there are always a bevy of quarterbacks to look at. So you wonder if – after trying to flip Austin Novosad unsuccessfully, they look at some others within state lines that potentially could fit what they want to do under Jimbo Fisher. And then there's always the portal, right? I mean, there are going to be a bunch of quarterbacks available. We've already seen the number two quarterback, Timmy McClain, move on at USF once they named a starter. And there's a lot of other battles that are about to come to an end, right? Texas, Nebraska, Auburn. LSU, there are a lot of battles that are going to end and create some movement. Ole Miss is another one uh, where you could see that that number two QB, the QB who loses out on that starting spot, 
immediately elect to hit the portal on the front end of the season so that they they preserve this year of eligibility and, and can take it as a bit of a red shirt relative to where they want to go. So as soon as in the next week or two, we can see some more college quarterbacks become available. So that is something that you absolutely have to weigh if you are Jimbo Fisher and AM, which is something that, you know, obviously last year they they felt right. Calzada leaves. Max Johnson comes in. I mean, it's something that is is affecting every college program. So it would be foolish to think they would ignore it altogether, uh, even with some decisions coming to a heed right now across the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, I'm going to tell you guys before we talk to John a little bit more about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all, all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. John, um, there, there's a couple of guys who, over the course of the last few months have decommitted from AM. And we, we talked a little bit when we talked about Peyton Bowen about and, and Keon Keeley about the idea of wanting to take visits as committed players. And, and Johnny Bowens has come out and said recently that he that it wasn't that Jimbo told him, hey, you can't, can't take visits if you're a committed player, but that he didn't feel right taking visits as a committed player. And that that's the reason why he decommitted. Uh, and then Bravion Rogers Followed that up uh, within the last ten days or so with decommitting from A and M, but then was wound up back in College Station over the last weekend visiting from some friends from Lagrange who happened to go to A and M. There's a pretty significant pipeline there from Lagrange to College Station. So, so what do we know about these two guys and where they stand and what the potential is for for these guys to to wind up in College? Anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Joey. Look, the, the mark of a great recruiting program is the ability to win any battle. And there are a few that can suffer a public decommitment and kind of go through all of that craziness and yet still find a way to reel them back in. And that's something that uh, AM has done in the past. And that's something that they might be able to do twofold here with the class of 23. And I think, yeah, both, both scenarios weren't really against AM. Uh, I think when both kids decommitted, they said, hey, look, AM's going to stay in it. Uh, since that point, both of them have admitted that AM's going to stay in it to the point where I think Bowen's, it might be the favorite for him to end up back in, in College Station. With Rodgers, it might be a little bit more contested. Um, but there's a real scenario where both of these guys end up right back in uh, with the Aggies. Now, both of them have have wanted to take visits and and will take some more before all is said and done. But uh, I do expect College Station to be a part of that. In fact, like you said, both of them have already returned to College Station since decommitting. So I think that's a great indicator that the Aggies are going to stay in the middle of uh, both of these recruitments. Uh, but sure, some some further away options are, are going to intrigue them enough uh, to get them on campus. And we'll see how many trips they do need to take before all is said and done. But the indicator of returning to College Station is huge in both of these scenarios. And I think you're going to grab at least one of them, but there's a possibility where you get both of them to recommit, which again is another marker of a truly elite recruiting program. I know this class didn't start the way that 
Aggie fans wanted and the chances of repeating as national champs on the recruiting trail is 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 looking a little slim at this point but there are going to be markers where you remind folks hey this is why AM was able to pull the number one class and I think the Malachi Nelson visit the Zach Branch visit were, were certainly one of them uh and then obviously the ability to recommit players in state who backed off those are going to be other flashes of of elite performance uh, from a recruiting perspective for AM. So I expect both of those guys to absolutely keep them in the mix, take their visits, and, and see where the chips fall at the end of the day. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you can find John on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. Uh, and make sure you go check out si.com slash college. That's right, John. Um, and you can find yes, the sir. SI99 there. Check in on all these recruits and, and all the news and and, and analysis that they have. They do a great job. John, uh, thanks again so much for joining us. And, and guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can read my writing about all things Texas A&M over at aggieswire.usatoday.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice and check out our YouTube channel, Locked on Aggies as well. Thanks again to LinkedIn for sponsoring our recruiting efforts that's linkedin jobs linkedin.com slash locked on college uh post your job for free there now that you've made locked on aggies your first listen of the day get more on the sec by making locked on sec your second listen every day host chris gordy and the local experts of locked on take you across the sec in 30 minutes or less make locked on sec your second listen that is locked on sec